I was in downtown walking to my car and I saw this man sitting on a bench who's reading something, it turned out to be poetry. I went up to him, he told me his passion is Jesus and Israel. Because I always ask people, what's your name, age, and passion? He didn't know where I was from, but that's just how happened to be what he was passionate about. At the end of the conversation, I took his photo, we did the interview. I was like, thank you, bye, have a good day. I'm walking away and he's like, by the way, as I'm walking, it's like, I really like what you're doing. You're going to write a book one day and it's going to be called We're Not Really Strangers. That's so awesome. And that's what? where the name came from. Wow. It's from a complete stranger in downtown. Welcome back guys to episode number 80 of Connection is Magic. Thank you so much for coming back and tuning in. This week I got a run it back episode for you, which is an episode so fire that we're revisiting it. This is with the founder of the viral authentic connection card game, We're Not Really Strangers, Kareen Odini. Her and I sat down for an interview before I was even filming these interviews actually, back in like 2015. This interview was done in a living room in a house which I rented a room in in West Hollywood at Sunset and Fairfax actually um, shout out to any of my old roommates who might be listening to this episode um, and we went deep man this is before she released the card game which would go on to get millions of followers on Instagram and TikTok she used to have an Instagram account called Waffleography and she would just go randomly about different cities interviewing random people we get to hear Corrine talk about the game and its infancy stages and we get to hear her talk about her ideas for creating it, different concept questions for the game. We also go into how she handled some of her harder days and how some of her friends were not patient with her when she was starting this game. They were feeling like she was being selfish because like it just totally consumed her, the creation of this game. I'm excited to have you guys check this one out and here we go. Welcome everybody. To Connection is Magic. I'm your host, Samson Shulman, a former music executive turned podcaster and coach. In a world obsessed with the highlight reel and keeping our difficulties hidden behind the curtain, we end up feeling lonely and isolated, and opportunities for human connection are missed. On this podcast, we dive deep with our guests and get them to share those dreaded, unfiltered pieces. We learn how to make lemonade out of life's lemons and realize adversity isn't sent to break us, but rather shape us into the greatest versions of ourselves. We appreciate you spending some time with us. Now let's begin our journey back home to connection. So you are a very interesting person. Thank you. So are you. (laughs) Thank you. And we we met about, we said two weeks ago at Soho House and you were doing this game, Mm -hmm. which we're going to get into today. Mm -hmm. And it essentially kind of holds the same themes as what this podcast is about. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. So I think us meeting was very cool. Serendipity. (laughs) Very, very serendipitous. So Kareen is a photojournalist. She's been doing street photography since the age of 14. She was discovered by LA models at the age of 18. She's been modeling since the age of 18. She's 21 right now. Mm And um, about within the last year, she created a game called We're Not Really Strangers, which is super cool. And it essentially just is designed to get people to take their masks off and connect in a real authentic way. We're going to find out about that and a whole lot more today. Tell the listeners just in a very quick nutshell about the game. So this game is all about creating instant intimacy between you and a complete stranger. And the game is divided into three levels, first base, second base, third base. The bases parallel the way that we 
engage with people, but it kind of breaks it down for us. So base one challenges the assumptions we make about each other. Let's say I'm on a flight, like, yeah. you know, those short conversations yeah. that you'll have a flight. Yeah. Like you're on a flight and you, this person sitting next to you, you look at them, right. And you project a story onto them. Mm. Right. Mm. And we do this all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. But how often do we really challenge those assumptions that we make? Right. So that's what first, so I'll read a few please, questions. Yeah, please. So first base question would be, what do you think my name is? Or what do you think I do for a living? Where do you think I'm from? So these, they start very basic. Mm-hmm. And then they get into, and then when you're asked, how are you? How often do you answer truthfully? That's first base. Mm-hmm. What story do you think strangers make up about me? Another mm-hmm. first base question. Mm-hmm. What is the worst assumption someone has made about you? These are great. How many times did, do you think I've been in love? Did you come up with most of these yourself? All of these are original as far as I know. Friends you, and I. Your friends and I sat down and we had a bunch of wine and no. We, no, 100%. <laughs> yeah. That's why I have such amazing friends. A lot of these questions, I could tell you the, the story behind it. You know, like what about me is one of my favorite. What about me is most strange or unfamiliar to you? Is that a first base? This is a first base question. Okay, now let's get into the second base. Okay, so that's all first base. Yeah. Um, and then if you are brave enough to get into second base, these questions are no longer about what do you think of me or how someone perceives you. It's it's about what what is your truth, mm. right? So if you could have it your way, who would you be with? Where would you be? And what would you be doing? It's one of them. My friend Ari came up. That's that great. Shout out to Ari. Another one I really like is what is something that is hard to admit about yourself? That's great. My friend Naja Crawford came up with that one. Um, so this question was inspired by Malcolm Gladwell, actually, because I saw Humans of New York. He got interviewed, you know, that blog. Mm-hmm. And um, like, what's the one message he would want to convey to a mass audience, Malcolm Gladwell? And he said, change your mind about something significant every day. That inspired this question. Have you changed your mind about anything recently? Mm. What's the best compliment a stranger has ever given you? Mm-hmm. there's also wild cards that might pop up, pop up in the game so for example give your stranger a compliment you don't think they hear enough awesome. so that kind of thing and then one last question i'll share for second base that a stranger came up with that i met recently which is what's the last thing you lied to your mother about <laughs> so good <laughs> which i thought was really clever. who came up with that one um, i forget his name but it's somebody i played the game with and at the end he gave me that question and also have you ever said i love you to somebody and didn't mean it Hey guys, I'm now opening up a couple of very select spots to do coaching directly with me. If you are a creative and you feel bogged down, you have doubts, you need clarity, so, so common on the creative path. And sometimes we get the clarity and then it goes away and we have to fight to get the clarity back and push through these growth spurt points. If you find yourself in one of these points, I love nothing more than to support people in this space on their journey. Simply click the show notes description open that up and click on the word coaching. From there, you can easily schedule a complimentary call with me so I can hear more about where you're at and how I can support you on the creative journey. It's really tough to do that thing alone. So this is a chance for you to get some direct support from me. I'm in the second year of my master's in clinical psychology. I've been a training therapist, so I definitely also have that in my repertoire as well, be able to support people. Now let's get back to the show. And I thought that was a beautiful That's question. great. I think that was amazing. That's what's so cool about this game is let's go third base though yeah Yeah. and third base are reflective so what has this conversation taught you about yourself what Mm. do you hope for me wow what do you think my strength is when this game is over what will you remember about me Hmm. 
or what about me most surprised you? So base one is is surfacey. Base two is let's get deep. Let's get deep. And then third base is let's recap. And let's let's reflect. And it it kind of to me also parallels a quote that I love by Oprah Winfrey that um, over the years of her interviewing people, she realized that what we all really crave is to know that we are seen, heard, and that what we have to say matters. Level one is that you're seen. Mm. What do do my shoes tell you about me? What is my style? You know, and you're asking that. Second base do you hear me? Mm. You know, like it's, you're exchanging vulnerability with one another. And third base is, did what I say matter to you? Can we reflect now? And can you give me insight about myself that I didn't know before and vice versa? Love it. And you can't, and I tried playing this game once with a guy. He was like, can we just go to third base? And I was like, okay, let's go to third base. So he started, what career do you think I'd be great at? Who do you think this game is more challenging for? Those kind of questions. Like, oh wait, fuck, I can't just skip the third base. You can't. You have to go through each level. You know, each level is its own journey. Yeah. You know? And I think what he was trying to do there is what this game works against, which is people just brushing quickly yeah. off of each other. Like, oh, cool. Hey, you know what I mean? It's surfacing. Yeah. Your right. game seeks to, like, break through that. Break through that. In a, yeah. And it's... It's fun. It's fun. and It's um, fun and it's deep. Yeah. Those two things is a rare combo. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. You as a kid, let's get a little bit of the background. Okay. I was uh, born in Israel and my mom and I moved to America when I was six years old. And yeah, I started taking pictures when I was 14. I was put into yearbook by my film teacher and I immediately fell in love with it because I realized early on that my camera was my passport to people. So I was able mm-hmm. to just go around school. I was a bit of a loner because I didn't really have a clique of friends I'd be with. I would just kind of wander around by myself and photograph different people. And that's when it all started for me. That was my way of connecting was, you know, some people do it by gravitating towards a clique of people that they always are hanging out with. And for me, I've always been intrigued by connecting with strangers. New people. New people. You want to keep it fresh. It. I like keeping it fresh. <laughs> Having a core group of great friends, of course. But I love meeting strangers. It's always been my thing. What do you love most about meeting someone new? I think a part of it is, you know, when you get a brand new notebook and it's like a blank canvas and you can just start fresh. You could put whatever you want to that notebook. And I think with a stranger, it's a blank canvas in a way. I love that. You know, and I think there's something to learn from everybody. So I try to connect with as many people as possible and get the lesson from as many people. So even those that hold, like, you know, hold different viewpoints than you Especially, do, yes. you will want to connect with those people. Yes. You won't just write them off. No. I mean, sometimes it is uncomfortable and I get nervous. <laughs> yeah. I really do get nervous. But, um. Can we talk about that specifically? Like yeah. when was the last time you connected with someone that had a different viewpoint than you and you pushed through that awkwardness to connect with them? I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, it might not be an extreme example, but. So with this game, I played this game with a stranger. Now he's a friend. Um, and he and I had a different viewpoint in the sense that he is a bit jaded by people and doesn't always believe the best about people mm. or their intentions. Whereas I'm very optimistic about people. Mm. Um, and we kind of just had that disagreement off the bat. And it made me a little uncomfortable, you know, because I like to believe that people are good. But, um, but yeah, it was just interesting to get him. what was the end result did you guys both walk away with the same viewpoints or do you think you influenced him a little bit I think we both maybe influenced each other yeah. and um yeah he's a new friend now 
There you go. How we so don't write people off, people. Yes. Um, okay, so let's get back to the timeline. Mm-hmm. So you grew up in Israel, and you and you got to LA when? Uh, six years old. So you didn't really, like, was there any culture shock, or was there any, what was that adjustment period like for you? I was six, so it kind of was a quick adjustment, luckily. But I had to learn English quickly, and but when you're six years old, it's pretty easy. Growing up, my mom, you know, some people have very scholarly parents, and they can help them academically. Mm-hmm. And my mom has been a huge influence because early on she told me, Corrine, I can't really help you with your homework. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to become really good at asking questions. Because uh, she speaks Hebrew. That's her first language. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things I was bringing home was not in her, you know, she wasn't familiar with it. So she always told me, like, you need to be the one after class with the teacher, staying late, asking as many questions as possible. And at an early age, that, was, that became my thing was I loved asking good questions. You know, and getting interesting answers out of it. And I think that's where it all that's started. That's kind of the origins of the game. I think so. I just realized questions yeah. are magical in that way. Wow. Um, that was one of my early hustles was just having to be autodidactic in a sense and really seek knowledge for myself through others, you know, because I couldn't always rely on a parent who could give me the answers. I had to find, you know, seek the knowledge through other people. That reminds me of this book, um... Malcolm Gladwell, you know mm-hmm. him, he wrote called David, David and Goliath. And Goliath. Yeah. yeah. And he talks about a desirable disadvantage. Ooh, that's good. And so it's like most people maybe would want their parents to be able to help them. Right. But you didn't have that, but it kind of shaped you to be who you are, yes. which is this kick-ass person that's able to connect with all these people. Yeah. You might not have that if you had a mom that was like, you know, feeding you all the. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. They talk, he talked about how like a number of like the top CEOs. Mm-hmm are dyslexic so basically like he references basically the most successful trial lawyer Uh in america is dyslexic and his desirable disadvantage is instead of just like citing just like boring black and white information Uh he had to sort of learn how to communicate with people in sort of an engaging way because of his dyslexia Uh so he's able to convey certain things to juries and things like that that keep them more hooked in interesting do you see what i'm saying engaged versus the boring black and white ah yes desirable disadvantage got it okay so take it back to 14 Mm -hmm. you discover photo yeah journalism yeah i was put i was in a film class and my teacher put me into yearbook and so i got a camera i was lucky enough to be able to get a nikon v40 and yeah i just started going around school photographing strangers in in my school that's where it all began (laughs) i had a really bad breakup Mm-hmm. And that really inspired me, though. Like, How long were you with that person? Maybe like a year. Okay. But I was really in love, and mm-hmm. um, he broke my heart. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's a desirable disadvantage, Ooh. though, because it inspired me to take more photos, basically, and seek kind of more connections with strangers. Mm. And um, so I was photographing a bunch of different people, homeless, rich people in Beverly Hills Hotel, to downtown, everywhere. And I was posting it, and my Instagram handle at the time was at chickens and waffles. So every time I posted a photo in an interview with somebody, I would hashtag it waffleography, and that's how I was starting to do that's, it. That's awesome. And and I had a conversation, though, with a friend of mine, Jared, this photographer, and he was like, Kareem, I really like what you're doing. It's cool, but maybe you should come up with a better name, you know, because you're photographing. Like, it's kind of, you know what I mean? People like, wouldn't know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Would, like, Chickens and waffles. You're doing this deep, like, project. Yeah. It's chickens and waffles. And And the truth is, though, I didn't know what to call it. I was just doing it because it was what I do. And then I had another really important friend, Casey. He asked me one day over the phone. He was like, Kareem, why are you doing this? 
Like, what's your why? What's you weren't your, aware of that. I had no idea. I wasn't even thinking about why I was doing it. It's, it's crazy. I just enjoyed it. Another book I'm reading right now. This start is so crazy. Yeah, that? start with why. Simon Sinek, yeah. Which yeah, is, yeah. yeah, people don't buy what you do, they buy why, why you, you do, do it. it. Yeah, 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 100%. So those two people in my life made me aware of kind of the gaps I needed to fill. Mm-hmm. And so in the back of my head, I was like, okay, I need a name. And I need a why. I need a purpose or a call to action. Mm-hmm. Now, those are my intentions. But I didn't know how to go about doing it. And one of the questions in the game is, has a stranger ever changed your life? Mm. And for me, a stranger, I mean, strangers always change my life. But one in particular was um, I was in downtown walking to my car. And I saw this man sitting on a bench. who's reading something. It turned out to be poetry. I went up to him. He told me his passion is Jesus and Israel. Because I always ask people, what's your name, age, and passion? He didn't know where I was from. That's just how he was passionate about. And then at the end of the conversation, I took his photo. We did the interview. I was like, thank you. Bye. Have a good day. I'm walking away. And he's like, by the way, as I'm walking, it's like, I really like what you're doing. You're going to write a book one day, and it's going to be called We're Not Really Strangers. That's so awesome. And that's what? where the name came from. Wow. It's from a complete stranger in downtown. This was about a year and a half ago. I saw this picture in an interview. What intrigued you about this particular person before you went off? It always is a feeling thing. It's like I was walking past him and he was by himself. So I was like, he might be receptive. And he seemed intriguing. Is it an intuition thing with you? Yeah, 100%. It's all intuition. It's street photography. People ask me, how do you, like, is it safe? And the truth is, I do believe it's safe. You you just have to read people. Like if you look Mm -hmm. into somebody's eyes and you don't feel a connection or there isn't a smile or they're very cold, Mm -hmm. I would never approach someone like that and Mm -hmm. ask for a photo. But if I look Mm -hmm. in someone's eyes and they seem receptive and kind and it feels right, then I'll go up to them. You know? Has there ever been a time where someone wasn't receptive, where your sort of radar was off? Yes. Okay. Can you tell us about that time? Once. Once it was really off and I had to walk away crying. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I literally walked away crying. I forgot about this but i was doing um i was shooting in slauson and there was these group a group of men sitting outside together and i parked like sometimes i would drive and just park if i saw an interesting group of people so i went out and i was like hi guys like can i take your picture and the guy was like why what are you doing this for do you go to school and i was just honest sometimes i i was like i should have lied i should have said i went to usc or something but i was like no i don't go to school i'm just doing this for fun and he stood up and he was like, why do you think you can come with me with no credentials and this and that? And, and I was just shocked. And the other, <laughs> it was crazy. And the other what? guys had to like calm him down. And so I ended up just walking away, but crying. And I went into my oh. car and that to me is very uncommon. Cause I've, I, how many I, people have you gone up to hundreds probably yeah. like that's so uncommon. And to be honest, I don't even take it personally at all. But I remember going into my car. I walked to my car and I take a deep breath and I was like, don't let this stop you. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? Like, don't. And I wanted to go immediately go up to somebody else just to like. Get over that fear, right? Yeah, that yeah, fear. yeah. Like, that is always a fear when you're doing something like street photography or, you know, anything wow. involving people you don't know. There's always going to be a risk of rejection, but that's okay. Hmm. But yeah, that, was, that was a tough one. But for the most part, people have been amazing. Let's flip it for a second. Yeah. Tell us about your best experience of going up to somebody. Like one of the, the most standout. So many. Is it's it too hard? so hard because like the, the stranger that gave me the name, we're not really strangers. That to me is magical. Like that, yeah. 
One yeah. of a, a new question that someone came up with for the game, my friend Daniel, is um, what's the most unexplainable thing that's ever happened to you? Mm. I really like that question. Mm-hmm. To me, that stranger connection was unexplainable. You know it's I mean? one of my questions later for you. I what? feel like we don't even need to cover it now. What? But but it says, tell us about chance encounters or serendipitous meetings That's with people question. during the transition periods of your life. Mm, great question. That was definitely one of them. But all of them, though. And the thing is, it's like each one connects to the other. Nothing is disconnected, I believe that. You know, My first real heartbreak was, was when I was 16. Mm. And that was the first time I've ever, I was ever in love. And I remember when we broke up, I was like, man, will I ever get over my first love? Mm-hmm. So my way of figuring that out was I went out with my camera, set up a tripod on Ventura Boulevard with mm-hmm. my friend at the time. And we started asking strangers, do you ever get over your first love? Mm-hmm. And that's how I've always dealt with things is I kind of ask people about their experience. <laughs> you, want that, you want that mirror. In I want somebody. that mirror. And yeah. it's fun to just, you know, it's really, it feels good to know you're not alone. You know, like that's the best feeling. Bring it in. That's yeah. what we're talking about yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it's so easy to think like, oh man, like we're the only one mm-hmm. going through something. And I just feel like that's because most people aren't vulnerable. They don't put out what they're going through. So yeah. we can feel alone. Yes. And also they're not invited to oftentimes. You know, like they don't have this game that you've created or this podcast or that there's no yeah. channel for them to really go there. You're saying, yeah. right? Sometimes we need a social. Okay. For me, that mm. was my camera. That was mm-hmm. my social. Okay. To approach strangers. Right. But not everybody has that. Right. And I think that's what I hope this game can do for people who aren't photographers and want to connect. With what do you think that's about the people not wanting to really deepen and, and, and be vulnerable with people? I mean, it's just not the norm right now to do that with people that we aren't close with. Like, yeah. What's funny to me is like, you could be having like the worst day of your life or a person could. And then some random strangers like, Hey, how's, how's how's it going? Of course that person would be like, Oh, it's fine. There's a question question in the game that asks when you're asked, how are you? How often do you answer truthfully? Great question. Yeah. So that's one of the questions in there because it's, I never answer truthfully because. And you created this game. (laughs) think about it in this game i would go there but if somebody's if i'm in an elevator and someone's like oh how are you i don't want i'm not gonna it's weird but how but how refreshing would it be if you ask that to somebody and somebody's like you know what i'm having like the hardest day my breakup blah 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 whatever i just lost my job like be like damn like that's next level that's so next level (laughs) yeah that's next level that's like superhero shit totally i agree and that's why, like, questions, I believe, are an art form, right? Because how are you? That's one question that we're all used to. But just add a comment or really. How are you really? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can totally great. get a completely different answer. <laughs> that's great. You know? So, so I try to be very selective with the questions I ask. What's been a career high for you at this point? As far as career high for not really strangers, it's really the beginning for me. So it's hard to... Like, there's nothing huge that has happened yet, but I think the highs have come from every connection I've been making. Like, every single one has been a high. Mm. You know, every time I play the game with somebody and or I see other people playing the game and creating an interesting connection with someone they otherwise wouldn't have gone to know, that gets me really excited. What's been your uh, biggest career low? Was it, was it oh. that group? <laughs> <laughs> but my career low, for a long time, I didn't know what 
this project would really be. We're not really strangers. Cause it started as me photographing and interviewing strangers. And then I was like, okay, well, how do I empower other people to make meaningful connections? That was my intention. And then I spent five months building it up to be a platform where people could submit their photos and interviews with strangers. Mm-hmm. And we had like a how-to guide. Like step one is the art of capture, seeing the person photographing. Step two is the art of question. And we gave an interview guide. And step three was the art of connection. Mm-hmm. That's where you submit your photo. And so, so I put a lot of money and time and, you know, energy into creating that for We're Not Really Strangers. And then this game kind of naturally came about and I had to real, and then I realized like, wow, the, all that work that I'd put into making it what it is now, I no longer want it to be that. <laughs> I have to now make it something else completely. And I was just looking at the website as it was. And I was like, wow, this all has to change. Like I have to evolve this idea because it's not going to always stay one thing, mm. you know? And I called my friend up, Naja, and I was like, frantic I was like I don't know like I feel like I'm starting from zero again you know because Whoa. everything I built for this project is kind of it's obsolete in a way because now I feel like I have something that I'd rather do with it and um that was a, a career low that I can say it's just having to start over well, how long did you stay in the space of like being frustrated or disappointed Maybe a few days. I mean, okay. I was frustrated. Did you let yourself have that? Yeah. I, when I yeah. called my friend, mm-hmm. I, I really let myself have it. I was like, I feel like starting over. I'm feeling so stressed. I put all this money into this and that. And then she, and then I realized I called myself and she, she called me out as well. She like, Kareem, think about what you're saying. All you're saying is you created something that you love, but now you have a better idea for what you love. And now you just have to evolve. And that's, that's going to keep happening. Yes. So, I have to be, and then I had to just remind myself, like, I need to be open to evolving the product for this project because it's always going to evolve. So I just have to have that mentality. You can hit this point in a year from now. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Like this thing. I think you want to hit this point absolutely. again. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was the thing I realized this isn't a low. It felt like a low just because it, it's hard. It's hard to start again because you have to put a lot of effort. But luckily, I'm obsessed and in love with this project. So it's been fun how does a person arrive at the point of feeling internally like they're good that is my journey i'm still figuring that out to be honest question i like is when do you feel most beautiful Mm -hmm. for me those moments have been when i do street photography because i don't think about what i look like Mm. you know so my hair is pulled back i'm in a hoodie no makeup but i'm doing what i love and my value isn't coming from what i look like my value is coming from how curious i'm about somebody else and how good I can make them feel and about the photograph that I take, you know, that that's my value card in that moment. Whereas as a model, my value comes from how good do I look? In this what do moment? other people think? What do basically? other people yeah. think? Right. And that's again, the external thing. I photograph models as well. Right. So my favorite kind of model lets go, you know, and just kind of wants to contribute her part to the photograph, mm. the vision. So if that means she looks a little bit ugly or it's not her best angle, or it's not the most flattering expression, she'll go there to make the most interesting photograph. And I think that's where the art form comes. What blocks a lot of people from reaching their goals in life? For me, is anytime I give myself a deadline. That helps a lot. Mm. You know, so for this project, the, the launch event that I met you at, that helped me a lot. Because I meant I had to get these boxes done by August 23rd. They had to be done. The questions mm-hmm. had to be done. The presentation had to be done. The invites had to be, yeah. you know, like everything had to be done. So it's a mixture of um, 
not getting in your own way, which can be harder to do, but also I think giving yourself deadlines mm. to work, to motivate you to be that line behind you or that bear behind you. That's good. Do you think some people struggle with like a feeling of being worthy of, yes. of success and other things? Yes, of course. <laughs> Where does that come from? I don't know. It's such an interesting thing. Cause when you hear somebody else say it, like, oh, I don't feel worthy of love or I don't feel worthy of success. It's like, why? Yes, you are. Just put the work in it. Yes, you are. You know, but it's a very intricate, weird thought process mm. that like, kind of gets in the way. What are your thoughts on it? I think it's like this. Say somebody doesn't have the best relationship with money and making a lot of money. Mm. It could be because they grew up, their parents grew up very poor. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there's a feeling, there's an inner feeling of like guilt. Like I can't have, like my parents didn't have this. So I can't have all this money and success because they didn't have it, oh, you know? Yes. I mean, it could be not some seen. really deep-seated yeah. stuff, right, that we're not even aware of, you know what I mean? Very true. That's a good point. Yeah. So I look at it like, it's almost like a car, like, you have a car mm-hmm. that's driving into the wall. Mm-hmm. It's just like keeps crashing into this wall. Uh-huh. And you don't even realize you're crashing your car into the wall, right? Then the second phase is you, like, wake up and you, like, see your car crashing into the wall. Like, oh, shit, like, I'm doing that and I'm tripping I'm myself up. Self-aware. Yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a, it clicks in, like... You start to notice this habit or pattern that was once it was once subconscious. Okay, now you're consciously aware of it. Like, oh man, you know what I mean. And then the third level is where you're able to like turn the wheel of your car and go around the wall. We do that. We we self sabotage. Do you feel personally worthy of the love you desire? It's a great question. I'm getting there. It's been a process. What is that? <laughs> What does that question mean to me? Yeah, like how do you interpret that question? First thing that comes to mind is roots. Mm-hmm. Like, what was your upbringing like? Mm-hmm. Did you receive unconditional love as a kid? And if you didn't receive unconditional love, then that's going to be something that you're just going to have to be aware of yeah. throughout your life. You have to drive. Yeah. So we create neural pathways, mm-hmm. right? That are just sort of, it's our default way. It's like the 405 in our heads, right? Mm-hmm. But we can create new roads mm-hmm. by doing something multiple times, by turning a different way multiple times, and then we sort of retrain our brain. And that takes work to sort of carve out those new roads. Totally. Yeah. And especially, for example, people who grew up without a father or a mother. Yeah. You, know, like you may have gotten unconditional love from your mom, but not from your father. So then that creates, you know. That shows up in your adult life, yeah. man. Yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah. That. And people on the other side of that, they don't see that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? They, they personalize it. And so that's why relationships are so tricky. Unless you have self-aware people, right, in a right. relationship. And then I think the odds go up a little bit. Because if you have two people that aren't self-aware, I feel like that's going to be challenging. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. While we're on relationships, yeah. and I think it ties into the podcast too, what do you think about people running at the first sign of trouble? Do you feel like that's something that happens more these days? I don't know. I think we have to strike a balance, I suppose, because there was a time where divorce was so vilified that you felt stuck in a relationship. But now we're like on the opposite side of that spectrum where we, if we're dissatisfied for a brief moment, we'll just go on to Tinder or Raya or whatever and get a new date. Right. You know, and so I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. Maybe we need to we need a balance. Strike a balance between not settling, but also uh, putting in the effort to build on something that's worthy. We agree. 
tell us about the balance between going for more and being ambitious and still being grateful for what you already have. I always think that's a tricky dance. Right. Like even with the event, the minute I was so stressing out, like, will this event be good? Blah, 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 all the things. And, mm-hmm. and then it went really well. And then I was like, okay, on to the next thing. You know what I mean? It's like, I didn't really take it in like, oh, you know, like I'm so grateful for how it went. I was just like, okay, what's the next thing? I think it's just really important to make time in the day to devote to gratitude. I think it's just natural that once we hit a goal, we're not just going to lay in that and become complacent. We always... I think we're programmed to evolve. Yeah, to evolve and and want more. Yeah. You know, that's how... But that's a tricky thing. Yeah. Because you lose touch with what you have to be grateful for. That's all I'm saying. So, yeah, Yeah. I agree. So that's why I think it's important to make ourselves be grateful. Like Dedicate dedicate the time. time, Right. To practice gratitude. At the end of the day, if you're not happy... What's the point? And no matter what level you're at, like every level has a different devil. You know, that every level saying? has a different devil. Something like that. Never heard that, but love it. Yeah, like every <laughs> level will have its its ups and downs. Yeah. And I just always love and want to be around people who just exude joy and positivity. Yeah, for you know, sure. Like even when things aren't perfect or going great, having that core sense of gratitude, like that's what it's all about. And it's because no. we all go through things. Yeah, we all go through things. And there's always going to be, like, the next level. Yeah. So if you're grateful at every level, then you're, you're enjoying it at least. You know? Absolutely. Like, have fun with it. Like, I remember the day I cashed my biggest check not too long ago mm-hmm. for modeling. And I was really depressed. That was a bad day for you. <laughs> it was really I was happy. Like, after the yeah. day, I was like, oh, look at that. And I was, like, happy and proud of that. But I still found myself depressed for different reasons. Oprah says, you know, fame only magnifies what I've heard the same thing. Yeah. So especially money in particular too. Like, so if you're an asshole before money arrives, you're going to be an even bigger asshole. And if you're like a giving Uh person, it's just going to give you more resources to be more giving. Mm -hmm. So it'll magnify. Totally. I like to look at my life where I'm at and realize and and kind of take example from it, you know? So for example, cashing a big check, still feeling, feeling depressed. That tells me that even if I'm, cashing a much bigger check i can Mm. still feel that you Mm. know so there's parallels something i want to share is the day before my event i had a conversation with one of my best friends who basically sat me down and told me kareen i love you we've been friends since we were kids but right now it's kind of hard to be your friend because you're very selfish Mm. (laughs) and i was like what do you mean and she was like she basically was telling me because this project has been so consuming, consuming and this is all i talk about it's all i think about especially at that, that past few months. And, and I kind of took that in and I was like, wow, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to be a selfish person. I want to be like a loving, giving person. What has given me the most joy all the time is having people you love around you, you know, family and friends. Like that really is what matters most to me, you know? So I don't ever want to lose touch of that. Mm. Even when a project is all consuming, I still want to be conscious of the kind of friend I am. You know? Yeah. So have you shifted since that friend had this conversation yeah, with you? I think so. She was there at the event. I mean, the thing is, I have such amazing friends who will hold me accountable. That's a good thing. You know thing. what I mean? And, like, sit me down and be real with me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm more conscious of it. Like, let's not only talk about we're not really strangers. How was your day? 
you know, like what's going on in your life. Tell me about, cause she's a model. Tell me about fashion week. And, but it was important for somebody to call me out. She could have easily brushed it off and our friendship would have, you know, it's like a rift. It'll yeah. start. Yeah. Now I'm aware of it. And that's something I'm working on. That's great. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah, we need friends like that around us because we have blind spots. We don't totally. always see totally. everything in the mirror. Yeah. If you had to say in one word what guides you and motivates you to keep pushing. Necessity. And what I mean by that, it's like, I feel like with this project in particular, it's in this, like I have to keep doing the next right move because it's like I can't help it. I'm doing what I'm so passionate about that I, I can't help but keep moving forward. You know what I mean? And even if it's rough and like, I can't not every, all the answers are coming to me at once because I'm so in love with it. And I'm really grateful that I found this thing. It's just, I have to. It's It's almost like there's like a a mysterious force that Uh, can drive us at times. I've experienced it with this podcast with other artists I've worked with. Like you're just, you just have to go. It's like a flow. Yeah. It's like, it's like being in flow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the word flow. Flow. I like that word. Flow. That's it. Because I 100% relate to that feeling. Not every project or thing do we get to feel that, but it's such a privilege to feel that. So many people don't, or they're seeking. Or I remember in between, you know, had a long music career and like in a transition, I'm like started doing this, and there was like maybe six months or something where I was like, what's next? And I kind of was without that flow mm, feeling. Right, right. It makes you so grateful when you when you find it again. It's almost like finding love. Totally. <laughs> what helped you find flow again? What was that moment? It just came to me. Just this just hit me one day. Was there this podcast literally just came one day? Woke up I was no, I was uh fin- I was finishing a yoga class. Really? Yeah. So I was just in like another world of Zen. And what's amazing about meditation is I things will just you talk about flow you'll find more flow when you meditate. Things just sort of come to you instead of you having to work. So in the months that you've been doing this podcast, what's the most surprising thing you've learned about other people in the two months? That's good. I got to really bring my A game with you. The most surprising thing, well, something that created a paradigm shift within me was when a guest shared this powerful quote, people aren't giving you a hard time. People are having a hard time. That's so good, right? Yeah. And that was... Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. That's so important for us to remember. So it's like, I was going to share that with you earlier in the podcast when you talked about the guy that like went off on you. That's what it reminded me of. Okay, so what advice would you give your 18-year-old version of yourself? Hmm. Whatever difficulty that you're going through right now, just remember that you're going to be grateful for it later. Really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good answer. Sorry. That's so good. We just grow and evolve and move beyond whatever's holding us back so that we can really get into the innate gifts that we all, totally, have. We all have. You know what I mean? Totally. Like one thing I think that should be encouraged in schools is finding what you're really passionate about, what you love or what you're curious about. And having that as a core, I think makes life better. You know, it's something that's within. No one can touch that. Yeah. It's it's an untouchable thing. Yeah, and it's a mysterious thing. It's like what you said about necessity. Mm -hmm. That was so interesting to me. Like, you're just 
called to do this game. Yeah. I you do. like have to do it. I have to do it. That's like how I feel about this podcast. Mm-hmm. And we should be so grateful that we have that. Because it deepens absolutely. That's on. That's going on the list tonight. I'm starting. I'm restarting it tonight. Me too. So we have a commitment where you're going to start yours tonight. Yes, I will. Okay. So fun having you on today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much again for tuning in to today's episode. It really means the world to me. If you heard anything relatable that created new awareness for you, please visit our podcast on iTunes and leave a rating or review. This helps build our audience. Please comment, like, and share this episode out with your family, friends, coworkers, or anyone who you feel would benefit from the messages shared in today's episode. I'm really, really grateful for your help in spreading these messages of hope and wisdom. The world is in such great need right now, and your support helps carry the message onward to others who need it. Also, please consider becoming a monthly financial contributor to the podcast. You can do so by visiting connectionismagic.com and clicking on the Patreon link. Patreon is a third-party platform which helps support creators in exchange for exclusive content and offers. You'll be able to get discounted merchandise like comfy hoodies, t-shirts, as well as retreat discounts where we'll have special guest speakers and group activities to connect you with like-minded community members. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and until next time, please stay connected.